how you're listening to Words and Sound. This is Chris Stagg, and I'm very pleased to welcome my special guest this week. We're talking all things horror. It's Chris Niles. Chris, thank you for coming in. Chris, it's been so long since we said we were going to originally do this. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. How long have we uh, virtually known each other? Uh, to be honest, I reckon it's probably almost from the Three very inset- Yeah, probably. Maybe even yeah. a bit longer, probably from the sort of the start when we first started kicking around. I mean, it's, yeah, we're probably talking about a good three years. So, yeah, good to finally be here. Yeah, and coincidentally, you don't live too far from the studio, do no, you? No, no. So, I'm at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm an Essex boy as well. So, I'm out in, uh, in Dumbo, near towards Chelmsford. So, yeah. Are you I'm from Essex? I, oh, well, I was born in Essex and grew up in leafy Hertfordshire. Did you see in the papers this week or last week when this goes out, Essex accent voted sexiest accent in the UK obviously voted by a lot of sensible people yeah a lot of very sensible people yeah (laughs) exactly right so I know you're a massive fan of horror so tell me what what drawed you to it in the first place it's it's a question I've been asked a a few times and I can never give a proper answer and the, the reason is is I think I think it's almost something that is is sort of brought to you at a young age you know there's always I think people have a, a natural and this can either be an aversion or a um, or, or sort of a real draw is it's a sort of a subliminal isn't it fear mm. I mean it's either you kind of get that adrenaline rush and I think if if you're sort of exposed to fear in a controlled environment like a film or a, a roller coaster or, or something like that you know that adrenaline rush is something that's pretty addictive and that's that's sort of something I think that um, that has certainly sort of stuck with me. I mean, I remember my sort of first experiences with fear were watching things, you know, sort of almost, I guess, quote-unquote, great for podcasts, family-friendly um, mm. horror films, things like The Goonies, uh, yeah. things like that, you know, something that, um, you know, I think the official buzzwords was sort of contains my old peril or whatever they say on DVD <laughs> labels <laughs> now. But yeah, Yeah, you're right. Really wherever it was. And yeah, it was just sort of watching stuff like that. And I guess sort of progressively, I always just remember when, you know, going into the sort of the old video shops when I was when I was a teenager and sort of flicking through the videos that uh, you know we weren't supposed to, and that, that's obviously horror films rather than uh, those sort of videos. But um, yeah, just looking at the covers and being just sort of drawn in and just you know morbidly fascinated by these crazy artwork that were on these horror films, and and from there it, it sort of really spiraled. So I just always remember having a a huge buzz when. I was finally not certainly old enough legally to start watching these films, but mm. um, but certainly when I was getting to sort of fourteen, fifteen, and you know back in the day when when I was a teenager, you know the VHS copies were being passed around the playground, and it was a case of you know oh John's got a copy of Halloween, should we should we get it for this weekend? It's like yeah, fantastic, or you know oh Hellraiser's doing the rounds now, let's pick up that, and that, having that kind of that buzz of watching something you know you're not really supposed to mm. but at the same time having that sort of adrenaline rush when you're watching them was something that was really sort of addictive and it's never kind of left I guess and it's, it's funny you would mention an analogy I've never thought of this about a roller coaster because you know if I've got friends who say oh, you know I don't really like horror you think well do you like roller coaster rides yeah like, well yeah of course of course we do yeah well that's what you like about that or especially the fast ones is is the fear mm-hmm. you know um, I don't know if you've been on the Wicker Man yet no I haven't it no. is absolutely Insane. Yeah. It's probably the best ride I've ever been on and really, really scary. Yeah. Uh, but then I know you're, you're also like me. You, you find Windy Castle quite scary in Peppa Pig World. The whole of Peppa Pig World was, <laughs> was terrifying. Just sort of wandering around. When, yeah, I mean, there's something again. It's just being on these sort of ramshackle contraptions. Or, and I think it's, it's probably actually watching too many horror films and knowing mm. you know, what could happen in these scenarios where you're completely safe, 
But oh, I remember watching in this horror film where people were on a roller coaster and it all started falling to bits. So there's always that in the back of my mind. And yeah, Windy Castle definitely was uh, was one of them. <laughs> just <laughs> the, the, felt like I shouldn't be up there. No, that's I, right. I, and it was, and you know, you're up there, and you 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 know, there's there's nothing. There's a great leveler when you're up there with a kid, and they're having a great time, and then I'm sitting there. It's like you know, shaking, thinking, <laughs> I want to get down, I want to get down. And there's this this great switch. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what happened. Up there. Funny you mentioned uh, uh, the video shop as well because I had quite a similar thing is like my dad would take me to the video shop and I would kind of sneak off um, I wouldn't like hazard a guess at the section he went to but I would sneak <laughs> off from him and I used to love going down the horror aisle yeah. and you, when you said about the artwork I can remember it and I didn't know for years what it was but it was Fright Night when you got that oh, big nice. face the, the, in, the, the in the clouds yeah. I can remember looking I was fascinated by it and yeah. I was like do I dare turn it over and look at the back and I yeah. can remember Critters as well yep, yep. looking at the back of that and thinking this is disgusting I really want to see yeah, it yeah that's well. right I'm, I'm actually on that the one that always stood out for me was society um yeah. which is a, the, the poster is almost like a kind of a, a woman sort of pulling her own face off like it's a mask and it, it's just sort of stuck with me and, and the really interesting thing now is that you know when you were a kid looking at those they, they were the height of oh my goodness these look terrifying i can't possibly watch this or do i dare have the courage to watch this and even actually in the marketing of the day that was definitely it you know mm. telling yourself it's only a film it's only a film it was definitely that and the, and the, the the switch around now is just they're almost and this, you know, this isn't the case. But you know, so bad they're good. You know, because some are, are genuinely good films. But there's something. You know, I actually watch them now, particularly the films of like the 70s and the 80s. Particularly the 80s, actually. A lot of the the sort of the films from that era I watch now because, you know, I it's they're actually quite funny. You know, sort of mm. watching like the, with, with the supposed to play out. Well, that's it. And I, I think because you know when, when sort of particular sort of subgenres were invented in the 80s you know they were at the time you know the first of their kind and you know panned and you know Mary Whitehouse over here and all the sort of the band mm. video nasties and things like that so they were you know and, and maybe in some people's opinions rightly panned from the time but because there's been so many films that have been made since then that have done the same sort of tropes it's almost got old hat now and I think that's why you know when you've seen something a million times yeah. in different formats it loses new. its effectiveness and I think I think that's probably why we can probably look back at films now or some certainly some films even the ones that were banned back in the day you watch now and you think what on earth was that banned for but that's just because <laughs> you know it's it's one of those that was um, you know of its time they were bad but now like as like I said when you've watched something so many times or seen variations of things so many times, it's, uh, it definitely loses its effect. Uh, just to say as well, uh, Chris mentioned a film, Society, there. If you haven't seen it and you are of a nervous disposition <laughs> or you don't have a strong sum- stomach, Society's probably not the film for you. Uh, Chris, it's not an entry-level one. It's, it? no, it's, not, it's, not, <laughs> it's fair to say it's niche. It is it's niche. niche. Yeah, that is. I, I, I say we'd, we'd sit with that word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, do you remember first ever horror film you ever saw? Yeah, I mean, I think I think officially the first one, like I said, Goonies was was that sort of entry level one, and then it sort of ramped up. My first, I think, my first proper one um, was a TV film called Ghost Watch. Um, I don't know if you remember is that. that. Is was, that the fake yes. news broadcast? Yes, and I was actually on another podcast a while back talking about this at great length, and I, I love that so much. And that was that was, I mean, again, it was. I guess a TV show so whether it could be a class as a horror film maybe not um, but it was one of the most horrific experiences of my entire life because back in the days of the pre-internet there was no way you could figure out if this mm. was fake or not and 
um, when that was first aired, there was huge furore because it was a BBC production and um, they basically managed to hoodwink the entire British public into watching this, making you know, making them think it was a mm. a, uh, a sort of a, a, a genuine uh, horrific experience, you know, a, a sort of a possession gone wrong, um, which was, I mean, to my to my mind now, it's still one of the best pieces of British drama slash horror that's ever, yeah, ever been produced. I've got it in home. It's, it's, in its cellophane I've never watched it's, it it is the most incredible I mean watch it with the hindsight um, of, of what it was mm. because people genuinely believed it and some horrific things happened at the end of it um, but in terms of first proper horror film I watched was, was Halloween I think um, it was again one that was sort of passed around the, the schoolyard and I fairly love it I still love it to this day I mean yeah, it's, me too. Uh, it's an iconic baddie it, it's yeah it has all the hallmarks I mean John Carpenter I think is probably the master of horror for me i think everything he touches he's, he's got to be my favorite horror yeah character, I, think. I, I mean it's it's it, all of his stuff is or most of his stuff is pretty incredible and um and yeah it, it's just one that sort of stuck with me and again it, it's just because it it has those points that i always remember looking back on when i was a kid you know there's a scene there where he's where michael myers the the villain of the piece is sort of standing in amongst the washing and he's just sort of standing there as the yeah. watching sort of going around or, so, uh, or yeah I think that's pretty much what happens and um, I still remember now looking out of my bedroom window when I was a kid just just checking that he's sort of not standing there because again completely nonsensical and as if it would ever be a case of somebody be standing there but this is just this is what horror films sort of do to you you know they sort of tap into your you know, psyche yeah. and your conscious thought and make you think things that would be completely ridiculous, but it's there. It's, it's, it's kind of, that's where they and grab I, you. I, I completely agree about Halloween. It was the first one I watched as well. And it's, it's probably what, where my interest comes from, mm. but I think, you know, maybe some people would look at Halloween today and think, well, it's a bit tame, but I disagree because I think psychologically, you know, there's not lots of gore in it, and he's not a supernatural guy. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think is scary because he's just a quote normal guy. He's yeah. not. There's nothing. I mean, I know the later installments yeah. got a bit ridiculous, but the, yeah, in did, that first yeah. one, he was just a man. Yeah, he could have been anyone, and mm-hmm. I thought that was fantastic. And I, I as well, I think I remember. Um, you know the bit where he pins the guy uh, to the to the wall. Yeah, and he just does that little cock of his head when he mm-hmm. when he looks at him. That uh, I think that's an incredible scene. It I think for, for me as well, my love of horror came from some pretty bad parenting on my <laughs> my dad's part. Because uh, um, by the way, my parents are divorced. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but um, I can remember. I mean, Halloween was the first one that I knew this is a horror film. But I can remember my dad showing me. Um, old Hammer Horror, mm-hmm. old Amicus, Portmanteau Horrors. I can remember him showing me um, Puppet Master. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, um, my parents divorced when I was nine. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really not sure how old I was when he was showing me these films. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a case of, you know, desensitizing you. Yeah, the I mean, age. but I loved it. It wasn't yeah. like I wasn't going to mum and saying, mum, you know, yeah. I just seen a little. <laughs> A little puppet dropped slugs into a oh, into a man's face. I remember that, remember scene that, that one? stayed with me actually. That I, I know exactly the scene you were talking about, where she's dropping the leeches or whatever they were yeah. all over his body. Yeah, it's it's a, that's a and when the guy's a in the lift scene. and blade starts chopping his fingers yeah. off, and green blood comes out. Yeah. You think, what is going it, on? Is, that's, that's a film I, I think is again massively underrated. Actually, Puppet Master again has just been through a reboot as well. But um, the, the, yeah, I, I think the really interesting point you made there was actually why Halloween in particular is, is, is quite scary is because 
there's this sort of relentless machine-like nature to, mm. to Michael Myers. And I think, no reasoning. Yeah, and I think actually one of the reasons, again, to hop back on my original point of why some horror is, is so scary is because I think people have a, 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 an ingrained fear of the unknown. You know, and that can go from horror films to everything in everyday life. Um, and I think when, when you're not quite sure on what's going on, um, horror films in particular or any, any sort of horror media will always be infinitely more scary certainly mm. to me and I think it's because you just can't quite calculate what's going on and I think actually that's the case with um, when there's I mean there's always for me the argument of you don't have to show everything you can show mm. a little bit of mm. something so sometimes things like the Blair Witch Project I think is a, is a good example where <sighs> well, you, know, you, never see, you never see the witch but it's, yeah. you know, it's a terrifying experience because I, I you watched don't know that what's going and on I, was, I can remember this the first time I watched that I was literally shaking because I was so invested yeah. in the characters I was yeah. scared for them that's it you, because you're right, you, you don't know what's nothing. going on you never see yeah. a thing but that's the, that's the thing it's that fear of you don't know what's going on and actually Halloween is, is, is actually I think quite quite similar there you know you don't know what Michael Myers is and your point of he's just a normal guy I mean there's there's actually quite a lot that's dropped mm. in there to suggest maybe he's not I mean he gets I'm not going to spoil it at the end but no. it's, you know, yeah, something but happens at the end you think hang on someone a minute, else might not guy? walk away from yeah right and it's like is this guy actually um, is he actually just a human and you know as the as the series evolves it gets played on a little bit um, to not quite brilliant effect but yeah there's always that and again it's just that fear of the unknown for me that is 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 such a drive just as an aside horror. how did you feel about uh, last year's Halloween film I think it was last year do you know I've not seen it yet are you kidding for me for reasons that I don't want to I mean it's been one of those where I've actually I love Halloween the original so much and I've, I've heard many good things and I, I will eventually watch it it's like another one of my favourites was Suspiria um, from um, the Dario Argento Suspiria mm. and I know that's been remade and it's just hit Amazon Prime and I just I mean I, 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 like I say I will watch them but I have no great desire to watch them because I mean and it's not you know something as silly as you know I think it's going to sort of tarnish or colour my opinions of the originals because I think you know that, I, I, I don't think that should happen I mean they, they obviously will stand up as their um as their own individual pieces, but you know, I just have no. I mean, I like new stories. Are you, you know? are you, are you aware of um, the kind of uh, the parameters it exists in? As in, yes, as in where it starts, yeah. where the story starts in the timeline. Yes. So I'm I mean, I, I hope, I hope after this, you trust me. I'm going in that. to. Yeah. All right. I, I really, you know, Halloween one is absolutely one of my favourites. Yeah. And I think we can agree that after that, Halloween two was okay. Halloween three was something completely different. But after that. They would just film horror films like any other of varying degrees. Yeah. Um, I saw this film and wow. Really? If you just think that. Yeah. If you just think again, you know, at the end of Halloween or possibly Halloween 2 because it exists in the same night, um, he, he, he went to the insane asylum, mm -hmm. nothing else has happened. And then in this new film, he breaks out. Forget yeah. all the other films. It's incredible. Yeah. It's and, really and good. Look, I, yeah, I, I do need to see it. You're, you're quite a, right. Original actor for long as well. Enough. Original actor as Michael yeah, Myers. Yeah, that, that, does, that does make a difference to me. And I, I actually quite like the idea of, you know, sticking to the original law. I think a law as in L-O-R-E in mm. terms of, of where the sort of the story's gone. And, and that seems to be quite common. That happens quite a lot now. You know, people sort of rip up the playbook mm. a bit and start from, uh, from a new point where previous sort of sequels have gone. Um, so yeah I will check it out I need to really I put it off for too long it can be more than one your best and worst horror films <gasps> oh my goodness me alright okay so so bests 
other than Halloween, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I love, um, again, sticking on the Carpenter theme, The Fog. Don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that one. Original one, one yeah, obviously. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of Carpenter's sort of maybe lesser known ones, perhaps. Um, but it that's Jamie Lee Curtis as well isn't it, it? She, yeah she's in that yeah. um, she's in that with, uh, with Tom Aitken um, who appears in sort of many horror films of the, of the 80s who is, is fantastic I mean I, I love that so much um, I think that's awesome again actually interestingly to your point about your dad showing you stuff yeah. um, that you shouldn't have done <laughs> I found I actually watched The Fog for the first time when I was again very young um, and yeah, because it was on the start of, I remember always my dad used to have sort of VHS tapes with sort of various things recorded all over it. And I always used to like watch um, Blackadder and things like that because he always used to have those recorded. And at the beginning of one of these tapes was The Fog and I'd never sort of seen it before. Obviously I'd never heard of it before. Um, and yeah, I watched that and yeah, just again, sort of just fell in love with it. I mean, I was terrified by it and I kind of still am now. I mean, there's some really creepy stuff in that film, mm. um, but it's, again, it's a wonderful story. It's, um, you know, brilliantly acted, directed perfectly for me. Um, and yeah, that, that's definitely to give, to give one, I mean, I'll be here forever talking about my favorites, I think, but yeah, to give one that's always, that's always up there for me is definitely that. In terms of the worst, I mean, that's, that's an interesting one because, Sometimes a really bad horror film is a brilliant experience. I mean, if, it depends on how you sort of watch them, I think. If you watch them going into... Or if you watch them with the mindset that you're going to sort of hopefully like it as a, as a piece of art or, you know, a really sort of poignant piece of cinema, let's say, then you're going to be disappointed with a lot of horror films, I think. Mm. Um, and I, I think, yeah, you always get some that are, are sort of billed to be something amazing and, and drop the ball. But then at the same time, you get films that are made that are... Um, pretty kind of or they're built with a lot of love in mind you know they're built by a fan or they're created by a fan and you mm. know they actually make something really fun and I think if, if a horror film's really fun um, you can forgive a lot you know if you're laughing along and it's a lot of fun you know things like these films again like you say who you watch them with if you're watching them at a horror film festival perhaps you know there's there's always films that get the audience going and laughing and clapping and that's that's great and you're always going to have a good time with that in terms of individual films that i've i really hate to give a modern point i remember i watched there was a lot of um a lot of praise given to a film a netflix film called cam which um again it's one to, for the adults to Google about the plot lines, but um, it was it was lauded as being a, you know, a, a great piece of cinema. Just absolutely, I mean, you know, it's not for me to say a film is bad. I mean, is that I is that the one it. with the obsessive cam viewer? Yes, that's right. And just just didn't land for me. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, this is why I love film in general so much is that it's completely subjective. Mm. And you know, some people like things, some people don't. You know, it touches. And I think again, it's just. You know, and this is like any form of media or any form of art. You're going to respond to things differently because of how you're built. You know, mm. how you've come to be, and things will touch various different heartstrings and things, and that will colour your opinion and stuff. And yeah, but Cam, Cam, for some reason, I didn't get where the praise was coming from. I just thought it it, it flopped in many areas. So so yeah, if I was going to point out one that was in the in my mind right now, it would definitely be that one. I think the the horror films that really really frightened me and gave me a had a big impact on me were Halloween, House of a Thousand Corpses, oh, yeah. uh, Blair Witch, and The Exorcist yeah. um, as ones that really, t to this day, I can, can, can all, really scare me. Yeah, and it's they're all great pieces of cinema, actually. And I think, actually, it's interesting you say House of a Thousand Corpses because Rob Zombie, the director of that, obviously has had 
a lot of pelters from sort of various people as mm. you know is he is he a you know a, a proper sort of director does he get horror does he get the genre and actually yeah he, he absolutely does and I think you know anyone anyone that you know shouldn't be put off of making any sort of film because they feel that they're not of a you know they're not mm. qualified to because of what stuff they like and they don't I mean I wasn't personally a fan I actually have seen to completely contradict my earlier point I have seen Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween mm. didn't I, like I it haven't at all seen it. Uh, you see yeah I mean I recommend watching it um, mm. because he does I mean he goes much more into the the backstory of, yeah. of Michael Myers the why yeah um, which for me doesn't I don't like that I mean like mm. I said I like to know yeah. the unknown I don't want to know where he's come from I mean that's you kind of lose that fear factor yeah. a bit there um, but it has a thousand corpses a bit like Anakin in the Star Wars right course. there you go don't need to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I mean it's, yeah it's interesting you mentioned that House of Thousand Corpses because I remember when I first watched that it it is a brutal watch it uh, is. but it sticks with you and actually you know Sid Haig I love Sid Haig anything that guy touches is, is fantastic and um, I didn't know what it was and I don't know why yeah. I watched it I think it was the cover to the DVD I thought yeah. that looks insane good name but as it's well it's one of those films where I just thought you know, this is an obvious homage to 70s horror. Yeah, I mean, and it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre almost rebooted, isn't it? When I, mean, when I started watching it, I thought, oh, okay, backwards, uh, America, yeah. you know, they've gone on the wrong trail. I see where this is going. And by the end, I'm just thinking, what is going on? Yeah. What is going on? Who's Dr. Satan? What's happening? Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I'm lost. Exactly. But it's fantastic. But it's good. I mean, and he does, he does that kind of... Uh, Rob Zombie spins carnage really well I think mm. he makes things look very chaotic and quite disorientating and frightening through again it's the people normalising yeah. what's going on and um, there's, there's a few films like this you know where the fear in and actually The Wicker Man touches on this quite a lot you know the, yeah. a lot of the fear yeah. is actually in um people reacting so normally to what we consider to be horrendous situations and I think yeah that's that's something else that's quite scary because it it, allevi- it deviates from our norms I guess I think the film that I for me and you may disagree because I know a lot of people love it but the, the only film I really despise horror film is Cabin in the Woods and and the reason why before you before you disagree with me the reason why is because it was presented to me as this is a game changer this is a real game changing horror and actually it was just a, a comedy horror and in itself it wasn't bad it was just presented to me as this this is going to be amazing and I just thought it's, it's really not the, the thing again that really is interesting to me there is one of my gripes with modern horror is how things are marketed mm. and doesn't that completely point that like, yeah, you know, yeah. something's sold to you or something else because I don't think it's a game I mean I went in blind yeah. I didn't know what it was and I absolutely I, I love that film see if, I'd, if, I'd, if, that, if that hadn't been presented to me like that I would yeah. have enjoyed it I mean there's been there's been a lot of like the A24 films that have come out that uh, are sort of much more drama based like It Comes at Night and um, Ghost Story things like that ba- Babadook Babadook is actually one, yeah, that I didn't find was was built again. It was built, and how many horror films were built? The yeah. scariest film that's ever come out. Yeah, and you go and watch it, thinking, "Come on, then." <laughs> but to some people, maybe it was. Maybe maybe it was, but I mean, I think it's I think it's almost sort of lazy marketing sometimes that. Um, well, that to, be, to be fair to them, then, they're not going to go. Yes, yeah, all right. No, but yeah, you, could be, you could be creative, Chris. I do understand. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah give yeah. it a try if yeah. you want. What a poster! Yeah. yeah, it's not Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's uh, it. Nightmare on Elm Street thirty-seven. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you, you're totally right. I mean, of course, marketing departments are going to do whatever they can to sell their film. But the danger is, is that if you are billed as something that's scary and horrendously terrifying, or a game changer in the case that you read about, Kevin mm. Woods, when you actually come around to watching it. 
and you're expecting it to be this, if it doesn't live up to your expectations, what do you think of the film? Yeah. You know, and so the, the, there's absolutely no surprise there. And I think, you know, that's social media actually and, and the internet and things have made, have probably made filmmakers' lives a lot more difficult in some ways because people are going to be sort of talking about films, people are going to be pulling it apart before it's even been released sometimes. So yeah. you're never going to be able to kind of maybe, well, it's certainly much more difficult now to put a film out there that nobody's going to know anything about or, you know, very quickly people are going to spread it, you know, the first people to see it are going to sort of spread out, you know, not necessarily spoilers, but, you know, even things like trailers or people talking about twists without sort of mentioning them. I mean, mm. it, it all sort of deviates from the main effect. And yeah, it's, it's a challenge, I think, which, you know, I think a lot of films are maligned by some people because they've just been overhyped. I mean, mm. definitely. I mean, like you say about The Babadook, actually, I yeah. watched that late. Um, and I actually liked it. I mean, I thought it was a, a pretty good film, but there was definitely something lacking in it for me just simply because I've been massively oversold mm. or, you know, it had been sort of particularly overhyped. But yeah, good, good movie, actually.
Let's talk now about uh, London Horror Society. Sure, yeah. Founder. Yes. Director. What would you? What, oh, what, what title idiot. do you give yourself? <laughs> <laughs> T boy. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. So I founded that. I mean, a number of years ago now, probably five, maybe six years ago now, I think. And essentially, I, I did it because um, none of my friends, bizarrely, were horror fans. Mm. Or oh, are horror fans now. Um, and I was sort of looking for a place. Um, I remember actually it was just on Facebook, I think, or something like that. I was looking for groups to watch horror films with because, you know, I, I realised that the, the sort of the main, one of the experiences I love about horror films is watching it with other people. And I think that definitely adds to it sometimes. Um, and I was, yeah, I was just looking for, a, see if there's sort of any collective groups of people that um, were around and I couldn't find any. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try and start my own one up. And I did. And um, we never actually got around to, to sort of organising. I mean, it was going to be something really simple, you know, maybe just go over people's houses and watch films or, you know, whatever. And we never actually got around to, to sort of organising something that. But what, what I loved and what sort of happened really quickly was um, I sort of got in, sort of <laughs> almost indoctrinated into the world of really independent British horror films mm. and filmmakers um, that sort of operate within that space. And just absolutely fell in love with it i mean we're sort of talking about uh you know a not particularly large group of people um that sort of operate within the uk but this you know i've never sort of encountered a group of people sort of so passionate about not just you know watching horror films um and and sort of appreciating them but you know making their own and there's absolutely particularly nowadays and it, it seems it's never been more difficult to make money by creating you know by making horror films for yourself now i mean it's never been easier perhaps to do so with the rise of technology you know you can make a film on your iphone if you if you really want to um but in terms of actually making money it's probably never been more difficult but that doesn't deter these people they just they just make them for the love of it and what i decided i wanted to sort of do with the with the horror society is kind of give people a platform give filmmakers a platform to try and get as many eyes on their their films as possible and it's, it's yeah, it, it's it's sort of grown. Um, it's certainly grown over the sort of last few years. I mean, we've got a one of the things we we, we try and do is is act as like almost a, a sort of a middleman for for people finding people to work with. Because you know, at the end of the day, if if you're a, someone that you know wants to direct a horror film, you know, you're going to need some help somewhere, and you might not actually know anybody. So, what we do a fair bit of is just sort of referring people to to. Um, to others to try and get films made really so when people apply for a membership it's obviously completely free um, we, we certainly don't make any money out of this um, but you know as part of the membership we can you know people can tell us if they work in the industry or if they work in film if they have any specific skills you know from makeup to you know sound design to you know photography anything like that and if someone comes to me if a filmmaker comes to me and you know is looking for somebody you know I'll be able to hopefully sort of refer people and, and get um, get stuff done and at the end of the day I think all we aim for is, is just trying to get as to try and make filmmakers lives as easy as possible because at the end of the day we're all you know anyone that, that, that does anything for the horror society is, is a fan first and mm, foremost and mm. we just love lapping up content you know lapping up films and, and you know watching watching anything that's made and, and you know what I mean I'll stand by this I've seen some you know independent films that haven't sort of seen the light of day um, certainly not in terms of say some wide range sort of cinema releases that easily stand up to anything that comes out of the sort of the big studios and it's sad because when you're competing against like I say the big studios that have 
millions upon millions of pounds to just throw at marketing budget mm. compared to you know mr independent filmmaker from the uk that's got maybe two three grand in some cases to make a feature film the whole film then they're just going to get sort of swamped up and it's, mm. it's been nice i mean we've we've seen some people um make some like i say some some really incredible stuff and we're just really proud to to be part of or you know in some cases you know, help people get over that hurdle and actually sort of get a film made so yeah it's, it's been a it's been a real experience so tell me some of the um some of the regular things that the london horror society does the things it kind of puts out there like um, i know it's got um, a youtube channel now yep. uh, and that kind of thing yeah so we're, we're just trying to again uh, the way we sort of try to operate is we, we we're quite flexible in what we do from a not day-to-day basis or even maybe sort of weekly basis but we we look at trying to just get new ways of people digesting content essentially so you're right we we obviously started the um lhs tv a little while back now just again as a way of of not only sort of giving people the means to to watch other people's films that people put on YouTube for free. I mean, we do a lot of that. We also um, created a, a sort of a, a way. It was just called the sort of the short film showcase where we collate our own films that we've really liked and sort of um, group them together as like a sort of a little anthology of, of films that we think people should watch. Again, it's, it's, it's all sort of charged just just to get as many people that might not be um, certainly not part of the, uh, the horror community in general but you know just general fair, not fair weather is the wrong word but you know just casual film watchers because I think like I said all these a lot of these independent films really stack up against the big boys too so mm. you know why shouldn't they be seen by others and yeah so we, we've done so we've had LHS TV which um, is is growing nicely we've got some really interesting things coming up in the pipeline for that um, which we can't talk about yet um, but uh, there's that and then Again, we, um, as part of the sort of the membership, we we promote a lot of other people's events. So away from film, you know, things like horror tours in yeah. London, um, you know, lectures about sort of serial killers and things, anything that can kind of be, you know, lapped up by people as part, the, part of our community. And I think again, that's, that's um, really excellent. Is the monthly? I think it's monthly. The the newsletter that comes yeah, out fortnightly, yeah. and uh, fortnightly and. The amount of events and mm-hmm. things and courses and just things you can be involved with is, is really remarkable. It's really good. It's, it's I mean, really great. Yeah, horror is, has become sort of uh, much more sort of mainstream recently. And I, don't, I mean, I know some people don't like that, but I actually do. I mean, at the end of the day, as a fan, it means more stuff for, for us to do. Or, yeah, or you definitely. Know, stuff that, um, that will entertain me, <laughs> which, is, which is always good. And I think, yeah, and that, that's certainly more commonplace now. And you're seeing a lot more... Um, sort of things come up and you know I guess the other thing we do a lot of or we certainly have done a lot of is just sort of doing um, little nights at film festivals maybe or days at film festivals where we curate just a kind of a list of sort of short films that we think have been particularly good um, from from the UK I mean we always try um, just for um, bandwidth sake just focusing on UK films yeah, yeah. Um, just because I mean if we started sort of talking about even European certainly adding America to the mix we'd just be completely swamped and we wouldn't be able to sort of focus um, on, on you know there's just too much stuff to sort of go through mm. so we, we sort of focus on the UK and we, we like to sort of plug homegrown content um, as much as we possibly can do so yeah we'll, we'll be around um, next festival we're going to be looking at doing all being a part of is the Black Sunday Film Festival, mm. um, which will be towards the end of October. I don't know why it will be October. What could possibly be happening in October? Uh, my, uh, <laughs> my birthday. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're taking over Chris's birthday. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, we're we're very flexible in what we do. 
the core of our the, the very core of, of our being is like I say is just to help people make films and anything we can do and if anyone ever has any suggestions on what we could do to help I mean we've the good thing about us now or what's what's going well for us now is we're a very we're a pretty big network now and we've got um, lots of people within our within our membership ranks that are all too willing to help out people so it's yeah it's something that I hope can sort of still grow um, but yeah anything we can do and if anyone ever has any ideas of what we can do to make filmmakers lives easier or to make it easier for people to see content we're, we're more than flexible in, in looking to, to sort of add those to our roster as well I think it just in generally the way it's presented it looks really impressive as well I'm not just saying this because oh, you're thanks. sitting here that's got absolutely nothing you, to do with me if you, go, if, if you go is it really not if you, got the, um, if you go onto the website it, it looks so slick I mean it looks like I mean I don't know I'm assuming you're not but it looks like a, a real big operation is, is behind this yeah it looks there's really hundreds cool. of people Chris yeah that, that's it yeah. <laughs> but no I mean it was yeah it's one of the I mean I'm lucky my background's in um, in sort of network marketing and creation and, and a little bit of web design as well so luckily I was able to perhaps but thank you that's really kind yeah, of you to special, say that especially your logo um, I love it yeah yeah I know and that, that wasn't me I can't and it, all the design work was, was by somebody else which was uh, which was really helpful but yeah I like yeah I mean we, we get some comments on, on how we look and I'm, I'm glad because we want to portray ourselves as, as professional because you know sky's the limit for us I think yeah. and uh, we want to be part of something really special and there's actually um if people sort of want to follow along, if, if people um, decide to follow us on the back of this, there's going to be some, some changes coming um, to how we're actually sort of structured, but only in a really good way. So there's going to be some really exciting stuff happening for us mm. um, over the next coming months. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a really great time to get involved right now. Um, so stay tuned. And I think it's going to be, yeah, some really fun stuff. And hopefully um, we're going to make it an easier place for people to to, to become filmmakers and in their own right. How, how could people, let's say um, I'm listening to something at home and I think, hey, I love horror. You know, how, how can people get involved? What sort of things could they do? Or? I love horror. Be my friend. Yep. This is what I like. <laughs> um, so we're on, obviously, all the social medias. Uh, all, all the social medias, is that a thing? I think it probably I'll is. I'll take it now. But... Okay, yeah. It's, oh, all right, fine. All right. Okay, so we're on Facebook, uh, which is the London Horror Society. Um, Twitter and Instagram is at London Horror Sock. That's S-O-C at the end there, rather than sock as in what's in my shoe um, and um, our website is www.londonhorrorsociety.co.uk so come there like I say membership everything was free we don't we don't charge anybody anything and to be part of it so yeah it's all done for the love and the fun I actually thought when I, when I first I can't even remember how I, f- I first found it but when I, when I first stumbled upon it uh, I, I genuinely thought okay you know there's no fee what's, yeah. what's the catch because I, I really thought there's so much great stuff here for networking mm-hmm. and, and, and meeting other people if you want to if you've got a project you're trying to put together yeah. as well I think it's fantastic, fantastic. oh thanks man. it means a lot I mean in terms of I mean it's not just me I mean it's there's there's people there's um, our editor my editor Kat she's you know instrumental in dealing with the writers and you know it always surprises me how and I love it because our writers that write our articles that we put up on site, you know, that we, we can't pay them. We don't make any money, so we can't pay them. And they just do it for the love of it. And I'm always amazed and I'm always so thankful to everyone for, for sort of giving their time just to write about horror. And mm. it, it's great as well when we sort of review people's independent films or even when we review the big films. You know, people just, uh, just love to write about it. And I just think it's just absolutely fantastic. And I think, you know, it almost seems that I think the horror horror genre is probably... I'm probably going to be sort of slammed down here, but I think it's probably got the most sort of committed fan base. I mean, would would I have De- been able definitely. to start the London I Horror mean, Rom-Com Society or the London Rom-Com Society? <laughs> why why like Rom-Com? Because I was thinking the same thing, but I don't know why. I don't that's, know. That's not I don't fair, know. I know. It? It's probably not, is it? But I mean, it's, yeah, and it, it just, I mean, like I say, I mean, I do, you know, 
next to nothing really compared to these people that write articles and stuff like that and it's it's mainly sort of down to them that you know people like it. i mean we, we just i'm just so thankful to everyone for, for taking the time to write things or tell me stuff or you know and do that and it's just it just proves what a wonderful community the horror community is and yeah long long may it continue Filthy back 
Now, let's talk about films again. You've got uh, a project you're involved with coming up, Black Mass. Yes. Uh, what can you tell us about that? So, yeah, that's a project. We've, got, we've actually got two in the, in, the, in the can at the moment, as it were, that in post-production now. So Black Mass um, is a project that I've been doing with a, a long-term friend of mine who I met through the Horror Society in the early days, a guy called Scott Lias. And if, if you don't know Scott... If you check out pictures of him, if you've if you've got um, an image in your mind of what a rock star filmmaker could look like, that's prob- that's probably. I, him. I go with Motley Crue wannabe, <laughs> 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 which much to me. I mean, he loves it. I mean, it's fine. Hi, Scott. Um, and uh, it's yeah, but he's um, he is certainly one of the most promising UK film directors for horror at the moment. And um, Black Mass. I mean, we, we've we've the London Society has produced. Um, or help produce in some cases a, f- a few films now um, and um, Black Mass is definitely our most ambitious in terms of budget and in terms of you know what, what we've wanted to sort of achieve through this and it's um, it's definitely a, a, a sort of a, a darker film mm-hmm. um, it's it's sort of the, the underlying story is, is around um, depression which yeah. you know Scott is very open about yep. talking I mean he's suffered from it I've, I've certainly suffered from it too um, and he just wanted to make a piece that really didn't put any punches when it comes to what depression actually does to people and what it what lengths it will sort of drive you to mm. and um we filmed it uh, a couple of weeks ago now actually um over a weekend and the cast and the crew were were just incredible i mean again we're talking about people i mean we, we were lucky enough to actually raise some money for through kickstarter for this one um so we were which actually, was i mean i think it's fair to say um if not in the value alone the kickstarter campaign was successful in terms of how quickly it you know yeah. produced positive results as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean it went nuts uh, actually. Um, we I think we were we were through at the entire campaign. We were the we were the number one horror project or the number one I think film project in the UK for a while. Uh, and we actually hit out of seventy seven thousand projects, we were the fifth most popular film project that's, in the that's world. Incredible. Yeah, so we were really proud. But it's, it's tantamount to Scott and and the way he sort of promotes himself. I mean, like I say, this film and we hope we've done people proud. I mean, we. Uh, we really went all out on this one in terms of the special effects. I mean, we employed, oh, well, actually, I say we employed. We were we were begging a chap um, called uh, Christian Mallet, who's a special effects guru who's worked on some incredible films um, with some incredible actors like Anthony Hopkins, people like that. I think wow. it might even be BAFTA nominated. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. And he he read Scott's script and um, loved it, and he sort of came on and, and did uh, created our. Our, our per- new perennial bad guy darkness and it I mean we were on set and this poor chap who was who was in the uh, in the costume was in makeup for, for four hours and the second I opened the door I had to open the door to his makeup room and, and have a look uh, and apparently I just I can't even remember almost leaving the room but apparently some of the crew <laughs> I walked out swearing and couldn't really focus. It was it was that good. I wow. mean, it blew my mind. I mean, it's uh, Scott's now in the editing suite, and we're hoping to have a, a a sort of a rough cut of it done pretty soon. But it's um, I'm hoping it's going to be something really special that a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people gave a lot of money, you know, on the on the belief that Scott yeah. could create this, and yeah. we we hope we've not let them down. And I think actually, when people see it, 
I, I think we were onto a very good thing so, with this one. So filming's complete? Or? Filming is complete, yep. So we managed to get it all done. It's only a 10-minute short film. And, and the plan of uh, release? So we're, um, so as I say, Scott's cutting it now. He's editing it now. Um, and we're hoping to have that done probably in the next few weeks. But then it has to go off for things like colour grading and mixing and visual effects. There's some visual effects that need to be added in as well. So all these things take a bit more time. Um, but we're hoping to have it finished. I think it will only be in the can... July maybe um, we're looking to hopefully um, premiere it at a sort of a reasonably big festival in October um, not in this country hopefully he likes to take these things to America to premiere them mm. so we're hoping to, to sort of get something in there so yeah hopefully people will be able to see it Wow. Um, if not well it depends on, on sort of festival scheduling but yeah hopefully by the end of the year incredible yeah, I mean so. I, I wasn't aware that it was that quick a, a turnaround I thought yeah. it was going to be quite a yeah. long I, yeah. scene over it sounds like he's really, <laughs> yeah, really going great for of it. it yeah so yeah we've made the money you've got four weeks to turn it around now so uh, that was that was you know what I mean the one thing I really like about working with Scott is that he has a vision and he's he's relentless in actually sort of getting it done and um, you know he's he's kind of tried to shoehorn into me you know let's just go for it let's make it big and let's yeah. just do it and you know we, like I said we pretty much turned this film around in four weeks after we funded it um, and you know it was blowing my mind I was like Scott there's no way we can get this done in four weeks there's no way you can get everything sort of lined mm. up and he's like yeah we can yeah we can yeah we can and we did I mean and that's that's through to his vision and his decisiveness and his passion and I, th and, I yeah. think you know one of his real strengths is um, again I've not met him mm -hmm. but I've spoken to him numerous times and he's genuinely uh, passionate he genuinely or he seems to be an incredibly nice guy very oh, yeah. he's, he's humble fantastic. and thankful yep. but his enthusiasm is infectious yeah. it really is yeah and I think that's it's, it's really important I mean he's you know I know a lot of people probably say this on Twitter you know but you know I've worked closely with him every day um, for the last you know good few months on this project and he's when that when the Kickstarter campaign was blowing up he was there was no one more humble I mean mm. he couldn't believe it as much as we I mean he worked very hard for it certainly yeah. did yeah. Um, but yeah he's he was humbled and he's you know he, he appreciates that you know this isn't people this is or this isn't companies or investors giving no. money this is this is you know everyday people giving their money to help him and yeah he's he's buoyed by that and he's like I said set about making something that people can be really proud of and by far and away I think you know, like I said it's my most ambitious project certainly it's it's his I mean he's always tried to take the game up another level when, with every sort of film he makes and yeah this is this is a big one for him so yeah it's yeah, hopefully going to be something really good. Where can people find out more? I mean, other than, you know, keep an eye on the London Horror Story yeah, and so hopefully we'll, join we'll up obviously, Yeah, Horror that's Story. it. I mean, we'll obviously going to be keep on singing, singing about the films that uh, that we're part of. But, I mean, follow Scott as well. At, yep. um, at, uh, at Scott Lias is just his uh, Twitter handle. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, he's, yeah, like I say, I mean, we're probably a little bit biased, but we think he's set for, for great things. We'll, we'll add in all those uh, details as well yeah. uh, on, the, the, on the website. Um, <laughs> now, you've, you've got something else as well. Yeah. A kind of... Um, yeah, we like Come to... Come dine with me. Yeah, so we, yeah, this is another one we've got um, that's, that's hopefully going to be released a little bit sort of sooner rather than... Uh, sooner than uh, and is, it, is this one completed as well? Yep, so well, this one this one is actually very nearly finished from start to... So the edit's nearly done now as well. Um, so this is a completely different um, sub-genre to, to Black Mass where Black Mass was very dark 
um, and and uh, you know a sort of very serious subject matter. This is this is like I say the other end of the spectrum with this. This is. Um, I want you. I want. By the way, sorry. I want you to put an appropriate pause in between the main title and the subtitle as, as well. Well, I was under, under the impression this was a family show. Chris. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, so this is this was. Um, a good friend of mine Damon Rickard's idea um, he wrote it with another good friend of mine Tony Sands um, they I mean Tony doesn't drink so I can't even blame this on alcohol um, but they, they created this script um, and decided they want to make it so it's essentially a um, a rip on Come Dine With Me um, so it's it's in the style of a TV show uh, and uh, it basically focuses on you know a group of people that uh, that go to I think it's night I think it's billed as night three of the Come Dine With Me route um, and this is obviously what happens there. Um, and it's called, um, well, the TV show's name is uh, Eat Me Out of House and Home. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, as you can might tell from the, uh, from the title, it's not, not typically serious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we had, we had a ton of fun is making it, this. Is it set over one night? So it's yeah, one, so it's set one, over one night. One house. So it's, it's exactly, if you watch an episode of Come Down With Me, it's structured in a very similar way. We've got a, a fantastic narrator. That's, uh, that's dropping all sorts of uh, all sorts of gold all the way through the film. Uh, again, brilliant cast, brilliant crew. I mean, again, this is the thing that gets me every time about making these films. Is just even the crew that you know come in and, and sort of jump in that have no affiliation with the actual project. You know, these guys are just phenomenal at what they do and will do for you know next to no money as well in some cases. Or they're willing to do it just for yeah. cost or for hiring the equipment yeah. in and you know, just to make something really fun and really entertaining. And yeah, like I say, this one is uh it, this is gonna be a funny one. I mean we're hoping to have this in festivals, hopefully in the summer, um if we can, um if we if we hit deadlines. But um yeah, this will be one for uh for for the sort of the the lovers of the lighter end of the horror genre, I guess.
time for oh no it's time for the quiz no god here we go now listeners might be well hopefully not but they might be surprised to hear that chris's chosen specialist subjects of which he assured me he's an expert and he asked for extremely difficult questions was horror films i don't remember saying anything in that and uh, he he insisted on being quite broad as well (laughs) you know just yeah just give me anything any country any genre anything sure (laughs) oh here we go this is where any credibility i've had is, is eeping away so let me get my stopwatch ready because you're going to have two minutes. Two minutes, okay. Have I got a score to beat? Is there is there any guests that have, have done really well? Well, I've, I've got I've actually got here twenty questions. Wow! In two minutes, all right. In two okay. minutes, but I think people people can't see people, press ups on the floor to get rid of things. people. Generally, get to about fifteen. Okay, right. Okay, and the score you've got to beat is currently nine. Nine. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. I okay. mean, this is only episode three. But, you know, you, you, you could really... Right. Okay, uh, I want to put down a marker. I have to say as well, I don't know what the prize is yet, but there will be a Fantastic. prize. Fantastic, okay. There will be a Another prize. Another cup of coffee. Another cup... Was it that good? I liked it, yeah. It was uh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Just because I didn't wash the cup up. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Let's go. You ready? Yes. Here we go. What is the name of the masked killer in John Carpenter's Halloween? It's Michael Myers. Correct. Which 1982 John Carpenter film is based on the novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell Jr.? 
Uh, that must be the thing. Correct. Released in 1994 and starring Sam Neill as John Trent, which John Carpenter film completes his so-called Apocalypse trilogy? Oh, I'm going to have to pass. I know what it is. I can't remember the name of it. Are you allowed to tell me the answer? In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, I know it. In 1997, Sam Neill starred in a film with the tagline, Infinite Space, Infinite Terror. What was it called? Less Event Horizon. Correct. In what year was Ridley Scott's Alien released? <gasps> 78? 79. Ah. <laughs> what is the name of the latest film set in the Alien universe? Uh, Alien versus Predator. Alien Covenant. Oh, God, I knew that as well. What is happening here? Who starred as Dracula in Francis Ford Coppola's 1992 version? Gary Oldman. Correct. In what year did Haber release their original Dracula film with Christopher Lee? Pass. 1958. A year before this, Hammer released The Curse of Frankenstein. Who played Victor Frankenstein? Pass again. Peter Cushing. Oh, no. See, I'm not thinking. I'm too under time pressure. You're not thinking now. No, I'm not. I'm not. In, in 1965, Peter Cushing starred as Dr. Shrek in the first of Amicus's Portman 2 horror films. What was it called? Uh, Nosferatu. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Oh my God, Horrors. what am I doing again? Again. Released in 2003. Come on, you're going to get this one. Who directed House of a Thousand Corpses? That is Rob Zombie. Correct. What do Captain Spaulding, Art and Pennywise have in common? They're all clowns. In which film does Pennywise terrorise children of Derry? That's it. Which film, based on Stephen King novel, released in 1980 and directed by Stanley Kubrick? Uh, the Shining throughout The Shining Jack is writing a novel that contains only one repeated phrase what is it? Uh, I, I pass all work and no play oh makes, makes Jack, Jack a dull, dull boy, boy. <laughs> got time for one more in which comedy horror film would you find Tarman? Uh, uh, pass Return of the Living Dead Chris how'd I get on? how'd not, I get on? not as well as I thought you would oh. and uh, do you know what? I'm disappointed in you oh, and I hope hammer, you're disappointed in yourself stuff, because I think you knew most of those I know, and I think the pressure, pressure got to you this is it under time pressure so I think I think you got one two three four five six seven eight yes yes eight no oh so close why was oh, oh you got eight oh. I'm disappointed in myself. Okay, these aren't included, but I'm going to finish the questions. Take your time. Okay. What is the name of the deadite that lives in the cabin fruit cellar in The Evil Dead 2? I can't remember, Chris. I'm sorry. Henrietta Nobi. What weapon does Ash Williams replace his seven hand with in The Evil Dead franchise? It'll be a chainsaw. Correct. What is the nickname <laughs> given to the chainsaw weeding maniac in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Leatherface. You could have put these ones in there, Correct. <laughs> This one, yeah, this is going to be a nice, easy one for you as well. So number 20, I'm going to say three characters. Just give me the films that they're first from. Okay. Ready? The Tall Man, Freddy Krueger, Pinhead. Uh, Freddy Krueger is obviously Nightmare on Elm Street. Pinhead is Hellraiser. The Tall Man. Go on. Phantasm. Oh, see, do you know, that's one of those... The Silver Globe. Yeah, the Silver Globe. Again, what I love about horror is everyone has a one big horror film that's super famous yeah that they've never seen and Phantasm I actually only saw and I've only ever seen the um, the first one yeah uh, about a year ago same it's, it's, I, I liked it though I mean I, the, I the got, ball thing is pretty cool wasn't that I like the ball thing but what were those weird little 
dwarf gremlin yeah, things. I it's odd, what's isn't going it? On. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of fancy getting involved in the in the sort of the rest of the franchise. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, as soon as you said, I it, mean, I, I only saw They Live fairly recently. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I, I was disappointed in myself. Yeah, well, I thought um, you were I, say it's disappointed. No, before. I mean, I enjoyed the Roddy Piper fight scene. Yeah, that went on quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's always a good one. Again, it's a classic Carpenter, isn't it? I mean, it's always it's always good when I he's mean, involved. He's, he's a fantastic film director. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, okay, what horror films are you looking forward to this year? Um, probably the one that's, that's coming straight off the tip of my tongue because the trailer was released the other day is uh, It Chapter 2. Absolutely Which is going to be the big one, I think. Um, that's the Looks one incredible, that's everyone's going to be Everyone's going to be sort of looking out for. So, yeah, oh. I think... Uh, and when, when is that? Is that so that's September. September. Yeah, September that's coming out. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's definitely the one that I'm sort of hanging my hat on to be an absolute belter I can't remember what it's called but I saw as well um, we got Ari Aster's uh, Midsummer. yes next month see folk horror is something that I'm uh, yeah. a big fan of and I think yeah Midsummer is actually going to be one of those that uh, I mean I love Ari Aster again one that was much maligned by some people hereditary yeah. I, I loved was that his first horror film? Uh, uh, yeah I think it probably was well, well certainly his first one that went sort of mainstream mm. I'm not 100% sure on that but um, yeah I mean I loved that really yeah. loved it and um, I know a lot of people didn't but um, I like you know it's, it's one of these odd things about what sort of people like and don't like I like in horror films an ambiguous ending or if they're not ambiguous ones that end badly I call them <laughs> I call them I call them and I've, I've been sort of in trouble with this it's like, uh, I like a, I like a, a doomy ending so like D-O-O-M-Y um, as in, you know, there's carbage of dupes. So Cabin in the Woods, the end of Cabin in the Woods. It's for yeah, everyone. It's I mean, a, that a really ended badly, ending. didn't it? Yeah, it did. I love it. Love it, though. I mean, I love, I love, uh, yeah, I love that. And Hereditary had that sort of ambiguity to it, which I really enjoyed. Um, what about the ending to Ash versus Army of Darkness? Oh, my goodness. See, it's the carnage. Everyone <laughs> loves carnage. I mean, and I kind of thought, I, I just, you know... I'm not sure it could have gone worse for him. No, it couldn't have done. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, that's the fun. I mean, that, what an interesting trilogy that was, you know, from it went from something quite serious. I mean, the original yeah, Evil Dead is, is, is pretty serious. Well, that's serious. the thing, you know, they, made, they did a kind of rebooty remake fairly recently, didn't they? Um, yes, they that, did. That didn't have um, Ash in it. And I can remember, I was talking to, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been uh, Nicholas Vince I was yeah. talking to about it. I said, you know, it's, it's really violent and really graphic and you know not at all like the evil dead trilogy and he said well what you have to remember is the, the first film that this is a remake of Absolutely. was extremely serious yeah it was i mean it was um yeah it's the alvarez remake wasn't it Freddy alvarez's yeah, remake yeah. and it, it, yeah that was i actually um you know I, i'm not i'm not the sort of person that's you know completely against remakes i think some actually have a point i didn't actually mind um the remake to that and but yeah i think a lot of people did um were surprised that like you say there was the no ash figure um but you know it was obviously serious or the evil dead remake was serious but like you absolutely like you said the first evil dead you know has got some horrific scenes in it mm. you know and um stuff that you probably couldn't get away with today actually but um yeah it wasn't it wasn't light-hearted it was only evil dead 2 when uh when sort of ash turns up that, that it's uh, that it goes a little bit crazy that, that, that takes me back to um watching uh Cy-Fright on oh, Friday wow. night yeah. my parents would go out and it would be right I watch a bit of uh, Raw and Smackdown nice. and then it's, uh, it's on with some horror films and I nice. remember when I saw The Evil Dead 2 for the first time when the when the uh, the, uh, the Buck's Head yep. 
cracks and starts laughing yeah, that yeah. absolutely terrified me it's, it's really interesting isn't it? like, what a tonal shift from like the first one to, to stuff it's, like that it's, it's nuts isn't it's it it's brilliant yeah. because it's it, I, can you call it comedy horror it's not outright <gasps> belly laughs but it's it is, yeah, it is funny it is. it is funny yeah. I mean yeah I would say certainly when compared to the first one they went for a more but it's scary as well it can be scary yeah, it is but the, I mean it's... the fruit cellar scene in that mm-hmm. oh it's horrible when she first comes out of the ground yeah it's it's pretty gnarly but then uh, Army of Darkness takes it to a much more sort yeah, of that's silly definitely level comedic, um, but it? it's but I, I love I mean do you know what I love comedy horror I think there's there's a lot that's uh, a lot that I think comedy lets you like I think I mentioned this earlier it lets you get away with a little bit more um, or it certainly lets you if you're playing it completely straight and deadpan serious you've got to get everything absolutely nailed mm. you know everything has to be absolutely perfect but if you uh, you know introduce a little bit of comedy into it I think you can get away with a little bit more you know, a bit more rough around the edges shall we say um, so yeah it's uh, yeah I, that, that trilogy is always is always a pretty good one to point and out did you enjoy the series as well? I never watched it I haven't watched any of the any of the big sort of TV horror series, so I'm. This will, you know, take this as you will, but I've never been a huge fan of zombie films. It's one mm. of those that sort of left me. Um, so I've never watched The Walking Dead. Mm. I um, I've watched a few uh, episodes of American Horror Story. Kind of liked it actually. One of those things I'd actually quite like to catch up on. But I've avoided things like the Bates Motel series, mm. the uh, Scream series. I didn't watch any of. And uh, yeah, the Evil Dead. Do you know the Evil Dead one was the one I was actually half tempted to actually sort of get involved in. But... I would say because um, again, I, I've I've started to watch American Horror Story only fairly recently. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, I was watching uh, Hannibal. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So I watched a, a bit of that. I enjoyed yeah. it. I felt it, it went a bit funny with all the the stag imagery, and I, I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, haven't watched Screen and Bates Motel. Not really interested, but. Evil Dead, Ash yeah. vs. Evil Dead. If you enjoyed um, specifically Evil Dead Two mm-hmm. and and the comedy of Evil Dead yeah. Three, you, yeah. you'll love it. No, I, I think that is one. It's like a very, very, very long Evil Dead film. Yeah, well, see, that sounds pretty great, isn't it? I mean, it's just a time thing, you know. It's mm. I always I'm a bit weird in terms of when I watch a TV series, and I, I do watch you know a, a fair few. I have to. I can only watch one. I can't. Oh, like, kinda, I can't cheat on that series while I'm watching it. With, uh, <laughs> cheat, I don't yeah. cheat on that no, series. No, I don't want to cheat on that series. I'm going to watch it to the end and then start another one. And yeah, it's just I'm just getting through. You know, the, this this the great thing about you know the, the sort of being in the Netflix age is there's just just stuff to watch all the time. Oh, and, I do have uh, a bit of a guilty secret on Netflix at the moment. Go on, Sabrina. Yeah, see, would like to watch again. Yeah. Haven't got around to it yet, but I, we'll watch. I hate it, but I can't stop watching it. But that's the thing; it's that light-hearted things. I mean, I know certain people that are hardened horror fans that love watching stuff like Pretty Little Liars and things like that. You know, everyone's got their everyone's got their little thing that they uh, they they like to watch to kind of I don't know. It's not lighten the mood, but you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there at the moment, um, which is it's just there's not enough hours in the day. You know, to watch these things. So it's yeah, it's a tough one. Chris, that's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we'll get all the links and everything up on uh, the Phoenix FM website. But if you could just give us a quick rundown of those that you can remember, how can people follow you, get involved with London Horror Society, uh, links, social media? Yeah, sure. So like I said, the best place to get us is our website, which is just www.londonhorrorsociety.co.uk. And our, so on social media, we're on Facebook, just at the London Horror Society and on Twitter and Instagram at London Horrorsock. Excellent, thank you. And if uh, anyone is interested in seeing Chris in action in horror quizzes, 
he does actually captain a, a, a quiz oh, team yeah. in an occasional... <laughs> Embarrassing um, myself, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Never showing my face on quizzes ever again. <laughs> you, what, what the funny thing is, literally before we started recording, Chris said, you know, I've, I've got a really bad history of doing badly in horror, <laughs> horror quizzes. <laughs> yeah. which is, I have, really bad. <laughs> as has been shown and highlighted now and documented forever. Chris, thank you once again. Thanks so Absolutely much for having us, Chris. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Brilliant. Cheers.